0: listening to another L&D podcast hosted by myself, Arash Maznane,
1: and Paul Richardson. So what,
0: what, we were gonna, so what was the, uh, the plan for today? What, were we, what was it that we were going to talk about? Well, we I think were
1: just... we were going to talk about the implications for our, our in our experience of, of what's happened mm. so far, um, how our, the response to it and, and what, what people are trying to do. And actually that's, that's developed a bit since we spoke last week um yeah. in in my organization um so i think i think yeah i think just an open discussion on that, that i noticed uh, a couple of things came through my uh, email feed from things that i've subscribed to saying how to co- quickly convert existing material into online um yeah. and that's you know so i think that sort of uh there's two there's almost two two separate Tracks. There's a track where people have got work that they need to to do still. Uh, that you know that what we've talked about that mandatory training. That's the in, in the world where I'm now working. You know, people have to stop practicing if they haven't got certain uh, done certain courses. So they have to do them. They have to be delivered. And then on the other hand, um, you've got that sort of more of the soft skills stuff and the other uh, behavioral sort of things that we 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 spend a lot of time doing, which um you know there's not such a rush to get those ready so you can, you can spend more time thinking about how you might want to um to put those across so I, I the, the, certainly that's my the experience I've got at the moment is there's those two things are, are coexisting and it's very difficult to stop them bleeding into each other
0: <laughs> yeah it's weird because I've I've so I see at the moment it's almost like two power like, completely sort of separate parallels um, that are happening, like running alongside each other that are almost a, 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 an, an opposite um, of one another. And so from what I've seen in and amongst L&D as an industry, and I say that from listening to some podcasts, seeing the chat on Twitter, LinkedIn, jumping on there's been a, a few webinars now and um <clears throat> i say webinars but like i don't know what to call them round tables chats where people are kind of from from the industry kind of jump on and have a chat about the state of things or um, yeah. we get broken out into rooms and we talk about stuff and there seems to be two kind two kind of complete opposites that are happening at the moment so on one end you've got this real drive of of Convert into digital. So, how to how do we take our classroom training and and make it digital? I.e., primarily from what I've seen, um, virtual classroom based or webinar based. Mm. In some instances, is talk of turning it into e-learning courses. Mm. But then you've got the opposite end of the spectrum and, and the other kind of side of things where you've got these. Um, I suppose people that are at, at, at what you may describe as like the 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 focal like the, the the focal point um, of, of of the industry or the kind of cutting edge of um, of the industry, and what they're saying is actually so now is a time where everything's up in the air, so there's a lot of disruption. Um, now is a time for L and D to innovate and um, really look to serve the business and actually understand like what is it, forget about converting courses to digital, actually find out what is it that people are struggling with right now and quickly and efficiently address those needs. Mm. Um, so there seems to be these two, two kind of opposite things which, which, uh, which are happening at the moment. Um, I don't know what your experience is in in your organisation, um, where it where it kind of fits along those two, um, whether it's in one camp or another,
1: or maybe somewhere in between. I think uh, because of the nature of our uh, of, of our organisation, we are at the very beginning of a of a, a journey where we've got a formal L and D structure. So actually, there's three things: the two that you've just Perfectly well described, I, I, I get both of those. Um, and I think really you're saying in slightly more detail what I was alluding to before in as much as it's it, it's doing the stuff that you know has to be done now. You've no choice. You've just got to get it converted and get it on there. Uh, but actually the opportunity is to, as you said, to be creative on the other track. Um, and and I think that's, that's, that's absolutely right. And it is an opportunity. But the third one, I suppose, for us is we're also it's it's coincid this has all coincided with us getting together and finally having a, a, a team and we mm. so at the same time we, we, we we're getting to know each other as a team and we're trying to work out the way we want to do things and so there's there's the opportunity that opportunity that you've talked about to to really be creative and and, and, and get things right and find out what the organization wants and sort of deliver on that is um, also rings for us that that's what we need to, to to see where we fit and what we can what we can offer as a group but if we make if we get it wrong for us i think the the implications are, could be really difficult because we're in this early stage um, um and i think we need to i think we need to sit down and really try and understand what i, I think it's difficult for the leaders uh, for our, for the leaders in, in our group, to in our in our team, to establish what their their vision is, because they're, they're under so much pressure to to juggle at the moment. Um, so it is quite tough for them. They've got to do. They've got to to to, to make sure that the stuff's delivered that that's needed instantly and, and quickly. They've also got to develop our team and the way that it's going to work a- alongside. Taking the opportunity to be creative and think about how we might do things in the future, and how what changes can come around in this process that will help us in the future. Um, and I don't, you know, I've got, I've got strong ideas on that. I find myself biting my lip quite a lot, um, trying to sort of see where an interjection or a, something that I say or suggest can sort of help, but not. Just cause everything to collapse back down again and start uh, afresh because you've got to make some progress. So it's you know it's measuring. Um, you know I could be quite I could be quite brutal in some of the stuff that I might say, um, and yet I don't do that. Not just because I want to be popular and everything else. And I don't want to uh, put the wash on things right at the beginning and get a bad reputation, but also because you've got to accept that. Um, these are difficult times and people are uh, 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 jockeying for position within the team trying to find out what the strengths of each other are, uh, as well as delivering, you know, or something. Yeah. We, we, we've got to, we, the, 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 our has invested a lot in L&D uh, for the very first time, so we can't afford uh, to get it wrong in some ways. You know, we literally can't afford uh, to get it wrong in some ways. Sorry, I digressed a bit there, but I think it's relevant. Um, mm-hmm. We're all playing as part, aren't we? And... Uh, we're all trying to um, uh, to get this right and it, it, it's difficult sometimes to not say something sometimes not not contributing or, or, or holding it back for another time it's the hardest thing to do but I, I've had to do it I think there's been a couple of times where it's it's been it would have it would have made things more difficult for everybody so that's just a thought from me Yeah. Uh, the other thing yeah. the other thing that you said Orash which is uh, which I just wanted, I think something that we could, we could, we might want to knock about as we're talking about this. We've mentioned seminars, symposiums, webinars, online sessions, roundtable discussions. And I'm just, my, it, again, within our group, when we talk, we all, some of these words are used interchangeably. Um, yeah. So, you know, what's a seminar? What is a symposium? What is a webinar? So, my gaffer will say to me, you know, we need we need to do a webinar on this. Now, I don't. I'm not 100 percent sure what that means because I think yeah. it means a very, very different things to different people. What's your thoughts about that?
0: Yeah, it's an interesting point. It's Something that I've not really considered before. Um, I the way that I I would say I've got quite concrete um, views on what's what, um, and I suppose the only the only terms that I've come across really are webinar and sort of virtual classroom and mm. the way that I would distinguish the, the two would be virtual cl- classroom, you have the option to be a bit more interactive i.e. kind of break people into 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 groups um, via the technology uh, that, that you're using, whereas a webinar is I suppose traditionally sort of webinars have, have been very much um, just communicating a message, so one people all join, watching one person mm. who is delivering something, mm. um, and that's from my experience. That's not to say that you could um, you could use technology that is used for webinars that doesn't have some of those fancier options like breakout rooms to deliver an interactive session. But that's how I distinguish the two. So webinar is more like just broadcasting a message while people are um, viewing it, and you might have a section at the end for 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 questions. And an example of that might be so. For example, in this organization and my last, there was often a group like an L and D sort of, I say, video conference. Um, but really what it was was the, the leader of L&D, the head of L&D, talking through a PowerPoint deck, giving us an update on what's happening in the business, what's happening within the function. And at the end, there was a section for questions. Mm. Now, for me, that was a webinar, um, whereas a virtual classroom, like I said, is much more in- interactive where there'll be activities, you're broken up. Um, there's much more opportunity for engagement. Mm. And that's how I personally distinguish the two. But it does pose a question, like you said, that if someone asks you to do something, run a webinar or whatever, is to just seek clarification on that mm-hmm. and get them to play back what they actually mean by that. Because, again, you mentioned a couple of other things, so seminar and there's something else. And I i don't think I've ever... I've, I mean, obviously, I've heard seminar in an educational context, but I've not heard... It being used at the moment in in the sort of
1: realm of moving content online. Yeah, I think I think that I think you're right. I think I'm. A, it, it's probably me with seminar. For me, I always thought so. I remember watching a program years ago about uh, doctors um, training doctors becoming uh, ju- going from being junior doctors up the up their the progression uh, ladder, if you like. And one of the things that junior doctors were expected to do was to hold seminars on a lunchtime, so people take the lunch, they'd go uh, into a, a learning room, and basically they would give a, a symposium on uh, interventions in upper uh, respiratory tract infections. And they talk about that, and then they, the, their peers and their managers and anyone else who wanted to go, these would be open, would ask questions at the end. And it was a mm-hmm. it was a way of everybody learning because that person had done some research and obviously was demonstrating the research that they had done. So it helped keep people up to date and it also kept that person honest because there was the opportunity to ask questions and, and drill into what they uh, they knew at the end. So they could either be quite you know, they could be learning questions or they could be genuine questions, what whatever you you wanted. But so a webinar for me is just the web version, it's just the online version of that. Uh, so yeah. me and you were on the same page there, that is you know, if I was to give a webinar on facilitation skills, then it, it, it will be different to holding a online uh, classroom session where we were going to discuss uh, facilitation techniques, which would be more of a sharing of best practice, how do you do it, blah, 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 that sort of, what would the implication of this be, as opposed to me talking about, you know, what I thought were useful uh, techniques that you could use, which would be the webinar version. So... I think I think that is something. I, I mean, he helps me there a little bit. I do need to ch- to challenge it, challenge on that. Um, but again, I do. I think some people expect if, if if you if you go on a webinar, you. I think I think there would be a substantial number of people, and certainly a, a large minority of people, might be expecting to be more interactive than it's likely to be. So I think I think that's something that we that that everyone in uh, L and D needs to, to sort of get cleared up a little bit. Um, if you're gonna go on to a, a webinar, there's likely to be lots of people on there and the chances of any discussion beyond asking questions at the end is is, is minimal. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I think that's I think I think from from your perspective it's something definitely that you need to clarify and just get a defined um, uh, kind of set of what things mean for your organization. So when you and your peers, especially if you're going to start speaking to stakeholders and you're saying, Oh, we're going to run a webinar. And then someone, your colleague says, Oh yeah, when we run that seminar, just so everyone's on the same page and, and, um, and using the same kind of terminology, just not to confuse one another. And and stakeholders as well,
1: and that's probably useful uh, 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 in terms of an approach at this particular time when things are, are happening at pace. Getting that language right and getting making sure that everybody mutually understands the language that's being used is probably crucial. In it, that you, you know, as you say, stakeholders yeah. may well have the same um, thoughts as you, but you can't be sure. Um, they, yeah, they're going to want to, you know you want to be clear about what you're proposing. You're right. Um, mm-hmm. Hmm. yeah that's 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 helpful i think i think the other the other thing that we've talked about before that fits in this space for me is you know it's that what what are we what are we using the online classroom for and i can't get away i've had this has come up this is where i've had to back me up a little bit this has come up a lot of the time in our discussions i i can't I, i don't want to so the time you can spend in an online session is limited. You know, all of the uh, reading that I've done um, looking at this is, you know, you, you, an hour is a long time. 90 minutes is the absolute maximum that you want people to be, uh, to yeah. be doing it. And probably short of 45 minutes is near a, uh, you know, good practice. And therefore, what do you want to do in that time? And I just think you don't want the, the, the facilitator to be, telling you stuff in that time so it's i think the battle uh if you'll have ideas is definitely one where what do we do as pre as preparation as pre-work before we have this online um classroom this virtual classroom session um the, i think we've really got to get cleverer uh, in terms of getting people to do some some stuff in preparation which then feeds into the uh, the question and the, and, and the discussion that ensues because time and again, the big, you know, learners will certainly, in my, in my experience, will say that the biggest thing they took from a session was the, the sideways discussion with the, with the peers. And, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and the, the, you know, the, the just doing that, they find really, really uh, helpful. And if you don't give them that, um, they, I think that, especially with, with restricted time, then they'll feel they'll, they'll feel social, I think.
0: Yeah, I think I think yeah, from what you said, um, it is it is something that I think needs to be approached um, with uh, carefully and with that in mind. So I know we'd had a previous conversation um, where we discussed about, designing for that as opposed to just converting things Mm. into a virtual classroom space. Um, So actually thinking about, well, how can, how can we, how can we use that time as best as possible and actually use it for, use it where it plays into its strengths. So um, just simply having discussions, like you said, and especially in a, a time where people are, lacking that uh, in that social interaction and um, that is something that they're probably going to miss the most and actually really uh, appreciate by being able to have that discussion so rather than kind of talking people through powerpoints is like can you send them some work to mm-hmm. do beforehand can you send them things to research and then that online capacity just then becomes an opportunity to have a discussion and learn from one another what people found. A- ask one another questions, um, and that feels like a, a much much slicker way of doing things than just simply taking what you did in a classroom and plonking it into a virtual sort of space and getting people then to um, to have a co- like to, to kind of just sit and listen or just interact minimally via chat and what hmm. have you?
1: I, 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 I mean, I don't know what you think at, at my, on this, my one of the things that I've, I've sort of tried to promote is this idea that you could, we have a, um, a, a an, on, an e-learning uh, an LMS, effectively um, that's based on a system called Calendus, um and it, what it what it allows you to do is it, it does allow you to to be able to say you, you need to complete this piece of e-learning um before you can then do this uh classroom session um so mm-hmm. you can you, you know the pre-learning could be sort of guided learning through an a, a, a e-learning module um and that although you wouldn't necessarily be able to guarantee the amount of time people have spent Thinking about things, or, or, or taking notes, or anything else, people would have to at least be exposed to a series of questions and links to um, to, to various resources prior to being to coming onto uh, onto the classroom session. And I'm really interested in that. I'm really interested in in giving that a go and just seeing what um, what comes out of it. my my my, my, my um, previous experience of, of pre working has been that a lot of people don't do it. So, you know, some of this is about how to, you know, we 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 would say that's probably because they don't care about the things that they've been asked to do the pre-work on, wouldn't we? Um, So there's that piece about how you get that pre-work to 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 be something that people care about. So you got to think about that. But then, if you can get people to do the pre-work and to um, and to look at the things you want them to and think about the things you want to think about prior to the session, you know, those sessions then, uh, short though they are. Can can realise some bang of the book
0: Yeah, absolutely. I suppose that is a challenge trying to trying to get people, especially if their current situation is is messy. As in, um, at the moment, obviously a lot of people are working from home, but they might not be, uh, which they might not be used to, and they might be they might not get as much work done as what they usually would do. And then they've got other work to do. So that kind of thing I imagine would then probably take um, kind of fall down the the, the, the list of priorities because they've got less time and then they've got other things to do. So I suppose that is a, a challenge that, that you need to, to, to consider is how, how do you, how do you accommodate, how do you, Sort of free up time for them to to be able to do that, and how do you kind of get them to understand what it is, why it's important, and also I think I think one thing that's really key, which you we do have control of a lot of control of, is how do you take people on on a journey? So is there a way to turn it into an experience from the and consider each of the touch points that that they have with this. This particular learning experience. So it's not just you've got to do this pre work and have this conversation. It's well, how do we, how do we kind of, um, how do we invite them? What's what's the invite to this going to be like? What's what's the what's the next step? So you kind of look at it as a as a journey, and that's something again that that, that needs some consideration and 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 kind of design. And I don't think it necessarily needs to be something that um, takes up a lot of time, but it's definitely something that needs to be considered, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is often
1: overlooked. Do you know, I I think you're right. I think that that journey piece is really important. I think um, I've been doing a, a, a little bit of work uh, recently, on some uh, stuff around uh, equality, diversity, and inclusion, and and I, I, I've, I've, I've sort of I've, I've been designing it a bit. It's been it, it's 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 hard work uh, to get it into something which is um, which will uh, people will want to engage with. I've had bad experiences myself with most of the uh, equality, diversity, and in, uh, and inclusion training I've done at different organizations. It's never been inspiring, frankly, and one that people have ended up uh, doing as e-learning, uh, usually with the uh, person who's, uh, who's running the onboarding session saying, you know, we've just all got to get through this, guys, as the introduction, you know. Um, but one of the things I thought, there's a there's a whole a whole section I've been working on, you on, um, uh, uh, sort of unconscious bias and, I, and I, I I, wondered about you know one of the theories there not the theories one of the facts is that we are we do all have unconscious biases it's part of the way that our brains work um and I I want to sort of the, the story I want to tell is uh, across that whole piece is you know we're all aware that there's that there's all these uh protected characteristics and that you've got to be you know you've got to really take those into account when you when you're running your business and you've got to have a a policy, we all accept that, but, but what we're really interested in what it means to be an individual within our organisation and the big problem is that we're all biased or actually the big problem is that you, the person doing this training right now, are biased. I really want to to be provocative in, in, in the mm. approach to that. So I want to sort of acknowledge that people are laid back um, about it and think that this is all work that's been done and now we we just need to tick the box and say we've got a policy and everybody's looked at it probably once when they join the organisation. But the problem is that it's meaningless because you're all biased. And that's the sort of approach I want to I want to take. I want to shake it up a little bit. But it's it. I'm not sure what the stakeholders are going to think to that. I, 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 but it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a, that's the sort of thing that this is giving us the opportunity to do. I wouldn't be doing this now if if I if, if we weren't in this situation so it's given us an opportunity to look at it and to be at least propose some uh, more daring um, approaches to try and get people to engage with something which is one of those subject areas that's generally been quite bland and, uh, and functional
0: yeah no, absolutely yeah and um, no I think it's a it's a it's a good point it, does give you an opportunity to, to kind of reflect and 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 look at things differently without without a doubt um, I know one of the things that we talked about as well when we sort of less had a less last had a conversation um, was mental health mm. and well-being and um, that's something that I've started to see pop up Uh, a little bit more in terms of, again, just having a look online about what people are talking about. Um, And that's something that I know that we discussed. Well, in particular, you mentioned that it's something that seems to be forgotten about at the moment is actually what is the mental health and wellbeing implications of of all this. And actually, if it's something that we're not proactive with, um, there could be some... It could be a lot of uh, a lot of kind of difficulties further down the line in, term, in yeah. terms of this. I know that's something that on the back of that, because um, I've had a little bit of extra time, so it's it's given me an opportunity now to go right. Okay, what would be useful? So there's tons of great mental health resources out there. So all all I've been doing is just been collating some stuff. Um, and creating a, a resource simply that links to these different things so here are some apps here are some articles here are some books here are some good podcasts um, and really it's just an opportunity for the people to kind of go right actually this is some stuff that will support you um, and this is where you can mm-hmm. find it and um, yeah there's loads of great stuff. So that's something that we're we're gonna do. No one's the business hasn't come to us and asked for it. It's just something that we've identified actually it's um it's it's potentially um something that would be useful. And funnily enough, I'm surprised no one has actually kind of talked about it yet because I was on a call with the rest of um well all of HR the other day and that was something that they were having a discussion um, so comms HR L&D and people were kind of talking they had uh, various different presenters and the head of HR had asked them to kind of just say what they'd been doing at the beginning to help with their well-being so it's something that um, people are aware that it's important but it's funny that there isn't necessarily any resources at least in my organization mm-hmm. yet around that which is why I was like actually if there's a gap there let's Let's kind of let's create something that um, that just gets gets people um, gives people what they need. It's quick and easy. It doesn't take us long. And actually. There's hunt, loads of content. So, for example, um, Headspace of so his Headspace app, which a lot of people have mentioned, but they also have a really good blog. So we've just linked to a, a, a few kind of blog articles that we think are quite useful with the idea that actually once people are on that blog, there's tons <laughs> more articles that they'll probably, if they're interested, can look mm. at as well. Um, and I think the other thing is really just uh, something that while I've had more time is, is just, is, is just trying to sort of keep my eyes peeled around the business um, and ask questions and, um, to people to find out what they're struggling with, what problems they have and seeing if there's a way that I can uh, address those problems quickly and efficiently. Because at the moment it's, it's, for me, it's been quite strange because there's been a big scramble to get everything online. Mm. Um, And I say online as in, in a virtual classroom space, um, because a lot of our sort of, training is face-to-face um, because of it being in a manufacturing yeah. industry. So while that is all going ahead, um, it's something that I've not been involved in, but a lot of the stuff that would have been just business as usual has kind of been slowed down because of what's going on. So it means that I've had time to actually go, well, actually, where can I be useful and um it gives. I suppose the purpose behind it is also just to give an opportunity to 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 say to people to go within L and D and say, look, there is another way of doing things. So if I can successfully create a resource for some people that is successful um, and really quick and easy to turn around and um, actually helps them, one, it's had genuine impact, and two. I can take that back and demonstrate to say, "Look, this is this is an alternative way of, of doing yeah. things, which um, is
1: is something to consider." It, it, it certainly is, and I, I think I think that you know that will pay off that proactive approach you've taken. I'm particularly interested in you in your thoughts on the um, mental health implications. I, I think there's, you know, working from home. Um, is a is a really interesting one. There's a lot of, what's the word? Look, I, I imagine chatter. Sorry, what you say? I'm gonna
0: say chatter is, and guides. There's tons of content on working from home.
1: That seems yeah. to be that what everyone has and to work it sort from of home. it sort of assumes a lot. It makes it makes some assumptions that I think could have implications for for mental health. And I'll give you an example. I think so. You know, in in an organization, you might have a person who's previously done face-to-face consultations with service users, whatever the service is, and is now doing it online. And the nature of that will probably be that those consultations will be a lot shorter. Um, People probably not going to get into it. It's difficult. You're sat in your kitchen or or an office somewhere, possibly been interrupted every now and then by a kid crawling around or the cat or something. And there's another person on the other end in the same situation. So, you know, this is, this is going to be very different. And although the, the, whatever the interaction needs to have, it can still get done, it's different. That, but, the, but the bit that I'm interested in is the fact that you end up with more time on your hands, as you've rightly said. Uh, I don't think that truth is spoken. I think people are really protective of what they're actually doing when they're working from home and how it, oper- and how it works. And the truth of the matter is, and I, I, I'm going to, you know, I, I'll be honest about this, I get anxious sometimes about the fact that I've just spent 15 minutes watching the finches on the bird feeder out of the window. Um,
0: so, it's really, yeah, it's really interesting you should say that. So, one of the things – so, I think I'm a little bit different in that. So, when I was at – and this might have just been because I've always worked in a remote – I say it always. Since I've been in l and I've always worked in a, in a remote team. And for a manager who – was very output mm. orientated. So they didn't care about what hours I worked as long as my output um, was consistent and of a acceptable, well, what came to be a high quality. Yeah. So as long as they knew that if they spoke to st- like stakeholders weren't calling them saying, oh, they're doing a poor job or I can't get in touch with them or the, the work that I was actually submitting was... They were like, yeah. what is this yeah. trash? Um, as long as it wasn't like that, and um, actually they got the opposite in, in, in my instance. They knew that actually I could be trusted and I would always do a good job. And I think that I've had that luxury where I've just been left alone. And from day one in, in kind of my role as a designer, which I've been doing now for like five, six years, it's always been that way. And then when I got this role, which I've been in in a year as a remote kind of um, as a remote role, so working from home, that's kind of been the same. And I suppose my managing even now has been very much like, look, you don't need to tell me if if you want to go out, if you need to go to a dentist or you need to go to a doctor's or you want to go and get coffee or anything like that, don't Mm. tell me, just do it. it. And that's always been the world that I operated in. However, i have a colleague who funnily enough has worked in the exact same teams as me um and she is very much the complete opposite of me so she's very sort of conscious of take like you said taking that time and yesterday we were having a conversation where um neither of us had any um neither has had any work to do in the afternoon so we kind of essentially had a free afternoon where we were we we're talking through some stuff and she was like I'm gonna finish early um, and go for a walk for half an hour because it's, mm. it's nice weather I've not been out for a few days I'm gonna do it and she was like and um I was like I'll take my um I'll take my phone with me and I was like yeah it's fine and she was like "Oh, do you think what if anyone and I was like she goes but she was, she was worried about whether her, her um, status on Microsoft Teams would change from whether it would show sure she was away for that like last half an hour of the day or not. And I was like, look, I was like, you're looking at, you're thinking about other people checking your status, but let me tell you, like, no one is going out of their way to go, is her status green? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I was like... Yeah. I'd, uh, I don't even do that, and I'm chatting to you like multiple times yeah. throughout the day. So there is very much this culture, I think, that um, a lot of people need to um, sort of come to terms with. And it, again, it's going it gonna, gonna to depend on each individual. For some people, they, they, it won't be a problem. For others, it will. And again, the managers that they work for, um, how they operate will have a big influence, even in in in, in this sort of context. Um, if they're calling them or messaging them uh, every kind of twenty minutes to see what they're doing, then that is going to have an impact. But I think I think yeah, th- then there's definitely a cultural shift that needs to happen within some organisations um, where they have to let go of that kind of presenteeism and and, and, and focus on output. So what, what is actually getting done as opposed to checking up on people and making sure people are clocking on at a certain
1: time and clocking off at a I, certain time? I, I, all of that, I, I 100% agree with that. And I'm I'm somewhere between you and your colleague that you've just described. I have pangs every now and then. As I say, when I look up sometimes and think, you know what? Were I just doing there, or you know, I've gone for a walk. Um, you know, I've gone and done shopping with my uh, with my missus over uh, over an hour. I'd call it my lunchtime, I suppose. But I, I, I think what, what the thing that worries me is that people are burying it too deep. And I think from a so it, it, there's, there's two things: there's the one about how productivity and how, how we work when we work from home. Um, and I, you're right. And then on the other hand, there's the whole part about. How we um, about the effect on our on our own sense of ourselves and what we're doing, um, and how that could have Im- implications for you know if you're feeling guilty and feeling like you you might be uh, seen to be not working the way that it's expected is something that you need to you know you need to discuss with your with your line manager and you need to think about what you're what you are actually doing and your example there about finding a situation where you've got. Where you haven't got anything to do, or that you're just not making progress with what you've got to do, which happens, doesn't it? You know, you just come against some walls sometimes. They like mm-hmm. can need to t- move away from this. I mean, I've done loads of reading, uh, like you say, loads of researching on on uh, on different stuff like um, uh, different companies' policies on uh, 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 diversity inclusion, for instance. All of which has been really helpful. It hasn't been the task itself; it's been around the task, but it's helped to lift me into a place where I'm more of a subject matter expert in it. And I think that's still work. I don't think that's... Do you know what I'm saying? I think that's.
0: Yeah, I think that's that's another thing as well, which you raise a really good point is, people need to, actually stop and consider like what is work. So, for example, if you, if you, are researching something, why do you need to be sat at your computer if you could do it on the couch with a cup of tea In the on garden. your mobile phone? So that's yeah on yeah. the garden so that's still yeah. work um i've done it in the past when we weren't in lockdown i need to clarify just not that they would be yeah. anywhere open right now but um and i've i've kind of said this on our kind of corporate like yama page um in in our kind of one of our groups where i've talked about people actually reconsidering what work is so for example sometimes there's points where i need to think idea i need to sort of Uh, let ideas kind of just marinate and then work and scribble things down. And I don't need a computer to do that. So what I've done is I've taken a notebook and gone to a cafe in the middle of the day. I'll have my mobile phone where I've got access to my email. If anyone's uh, instant messages, me, they can message me. So I'm still contactable, but I'm just sat in a different environment and I'm kind of scribbling down ideas. And actually Especially if you're in a creative role, changing your environment is is really important in terms of letting ideas, helping ideas develop, and helping you think uh, creatively. I once I can't remember what it was. I was once listening to a podcast or I was watching a video, and someone was talking about how things where if you do if you complete the same routine uh, every day, it can um, it can sort of um Inhibit, stop you being creative. creative so yeah. something as yeah. simple as yeah so something as simple as like okay I'm going to walk to work and normally it takes me 15 minutes and I walk this way well actually this, uh, today I'm going to walk a slightly different way and just taking that slightly different mm-hmm. route um triggers something in the brain which allows you to then um <clears throat> your, your creative thoughts kind of Start kind of uh, the cogs turning and, and what have you. So, just changing your environment, like going for a walk. So, if you've just been trying to solve a, a a puzzle, maybe you're designing something, maybe you're trying to think something through what the best approach is. Sometimes, like just going for that walk um, will help. And there's a book, I'll, I'll have to try and find it. Um, I can't know what it was. It was a book that I, I read about. Um, creating ideas Mm -hmm. coming up with new ideas and it talked about the process of doing it it's a really short book I think it takes about Mm -hmm. 10-15 minutes to read and it talks about that in much more in a much more scientific way than I can do but it explains why sometimes quite often in fact ideas will come to us when we're in the shower or when we're brushing our teeth or doing some kind of like uh, weird like mundane task where we've stepped away from that uh, initial environment and let things kind of marinate. And then,
1: yeah, it's just kind of uh, it, popped it, into it's our really, heads. You, It's you really a, interesting is that, that kind uh, of great Arash, because there's two, two things on that. One is in astronomy, uh, visual astronomy, there's a, a whole thing about it. When you look in, in a telescope, you generally focus the image, uh, which can be quite dim and small onto the part of your eye that you use most of the time. And although there are a lot more receptors on that part of your eye, naturally, uh, they're, they're desensitized more quickly over the years. And what you try and do is you, it's called averted vision. You look to the side of the object and actually let that, let the image fall onto a part of your eye that you don't use as much. And you can sometimes resolve it better. And I've, I've often thought that there's a little bit, that's a little bit like your brain. I think sometimes I call it averted thinking. You know where when you think too much of, when you're trying to remember something you think too much about it you you just can't and then you stop thinking about it do something else and it comes to you that's exactly what we're talking about here isn't yeah. it it's that you put yourself into a different context and uh your brain's a different context and, and, yeah. and, it, and it comes and i think you're right i think a lot of time has been spent inside offices staring at screens nothing happening which just didn't need to be the case it was just do something else
0: yeah absolutely and people can waste time in an office we know that people can like look at uh newspapers or the news channel you know and it's just it's just a way of kind of um not working or having a conversation or going making another cup of tea or going to the toilet there's million and one ways that people can sort of avoid doing work in an office so yeah, taking someone out of that environment and putting them at home shouldn't shouldn't make um, any difference as long as, like we said, you're kind of managing people based on output. Then um, that is that is the main thing. But it is it is a difficult thing for people to to kind of get around. But one thing that I will say say as well that I've seen at the moment is that people keep talking about working from home, but this. Isn't working from home because right now, like you said, people have it's not normal, it's not normal working from home conditions because you've got all your family cooped up with you, you've got all these natural distractions. So, you can't expect people even to work in the same capacity that they would if you gave them in a, a normal bog standard. A uh, week or month, the capacity yep. to work from home. So th- you have to you have to accept if you're a leader of people or you're managing people that these this isn't a normal working from home context. So there will be like probably less productive. I think so. It's, the, it, it, it's
1: the enforced nature of it, isn't it? it, not, it it's it, 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 there could be mm. people who. I mean, I used to like in my previous role. Sometimes I, I would probably. It ended up being about you know one or two days a week working from home, and the rest of the time in an office or, or facilitating. That was a good balance for me. It gave me It gave me an opportunity to do all the things we've talked about, and also get the job done if, if efficiently. And also, you know, have other people around me, which I find really useful. Um, so. Yeah, it is, it is. This is an, un, an unusual situation, but I'm particularly interested in, in people feeling up, under pressure as a result of not mm-hmm. a being as productive, which you're right has got an implication of that. But b guilt, thinking that they that everybody else is yeah. uh, is up to their eyeballs and working every minute, uh, and um, and that they're not, you know. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, it's difficult to give, um, to give advice and, and, and tips, I suppose, because everyone's situation is different. And I'm, I know that I'm coming from a privileged place where I've had years of experience of, of doing this. So wherever I go now, that, that is almost, that's something that yeah. I scream yeah. for in a role. So I'm, I'm screening for what is the culture in this organization around that? Are there people that are gonna be working yeah. till 11 o'clock at night and expecting you the same? Because I yeah. have clear boundaries. Um, I know that within that time, I'm gonna work my ass off and I'm gonna produce like the highest sort of output that I can, but I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sort of give up that work-life balance just for a sake of a role at that organization because that culture doesn't align mm. with what I believe in. But obviously I've had that, that um, opportunity. Like I said, I've had that experience. I've had that um, opportunity to sort of scream for that in the role that I'm in now. And not everyone has that luxury because of like you said, essentially they mm-hmm. this has been enforced on them. Um, so it is, it's difficult to, to kind of to give advice, but I think it's something that even just being aware of it would be a good starting point, just being aware of feeling, if you are feeling guilty and, and actually kind of recognising that and actually kind of um, maybe trying to accept that, you know what, it's, it's, I, it is so fine. Well, you don't, there's
1: an, you don't there's an argument for, for almost guilty. putting out a... Uh, um, I don't know. Something. I, I, I'm thinking now about what I might do myself. But putting something on the uh, uh, on the internet, you say I'm working from home and I haven't stopped even for a minute. Uh, and then I'm like, really? Well, I yeah. have. <laughs> and then maybe a, a little bit of a, you know, a, a, this is what actually happens in my day at home. Um, what? what you? You know, tell me about your reality sort of thing. Um, because I've spoken to, yeah. to a couple of – I've had a couple of calls with people who are, who are uh, uh, in terms of the hierarchy, senior to me um, in the company, and they're quite clear that, you know, in some cases, because they've got kids at home at the, uh, at the holiday, they're just not able to spend uh, six or seven hours at a time working. So they'll maybe do a little bit on a weekend, maybe do a little yeah. bit on an evening here and there. Uh, if they need to take the kids out for a walk, they'll take the kids out for a walk. they need to play with them in the garden, they'll play with them in the garden. And that's the reality of what yeah. of what people are doing. But you, yeah, yeah, you know, that's. I just think there's a. It's funny we started off on, on mental health and got to this point, didn't we? But it's it, it's definitely there's a link there for some people, the kind of people you've talked about who are worried that their status is showing as uh, gone away or whatever uh, instead of being green. Um, yeah, interesting stuff. You can find me
0: at. Orash Mazanane on Twitter and Orash Rezai Mazanane on LinkedIn.
1: And you can find me on LinkedIn by searching Paul Richardson. Thanks for listening.